0: Authors on the Air. I'm Terry Shepard. Welcome to Authors on the Air. S.M. Friedman came to the writing craft after studying at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York and a long career as a private investigator on the not-so-mean streets of Vancouver. Her debut novel, The Faithful, is an international Amazon bestseller and was selected by Suspense Magazine as a best debut of 2015. She wrote a sequel, Impact Winter, in 2016, and she's making the rounds promoting her stunning standalone, The Day She Died, due out in April. Shoshona Friedman is one of those authors who does more than just entertain. Her books make you think. Indie Reader describes her stuff as haunting, edge-of-your-seat mysteries. And the best-selling author June Hutton describes S.M. Friedman's work as an addicting mix of good characters, gripping scenes, wonderful writing. Before we bring her on, here's a taste of that new standalone, The Day She Died. Eve Gold wasn't surprised to die on her 27th birthday. The angel of death's greasy fingers had been pressing against her spine for 10 years, maybe longer. And in the underground of her mind, where truth squirmed away from the light, she knew that it was just a matter of time before press turned to shove. No, death wasn't much of a shock. The real surprise was everything that followed. She left the gallery early, hoping to get home before the storm hit. Six of her paintings about life on Vancouver's downtown east side were set to debut the next day as part of the Other Side exhibit. After years spent hiding behind her role as an event coordinator, her artistic debut was causing Eve heartburn and night sweats. Her birthday was a perfect excuse to leave work early. The rain hit as she left the bakery, and it meant business. It pummeled her blind and deaf, and by the time she ducked under the Starbucks awning to wait for the southbound bus, she was soaked to the skin. Her feet squished inside her boots, and her hair dripped into her eyes. Even worse, the cake box sagged from her fingers by a twist of string, waterlogged and threatening to collapse. Button would be ticked. Susana Friedman, who is Button?
1: <laughs> First of all, that sounded amazing. I haven't heard anybody else say my words yet on this book, and it just gave me tingles. So I love that. <laughs> uh, Button is um, Eve's grandmother, and uh, her real name is Batya, which is a Jewish name. But when Eve was little, she couldn't say Batya, and so she started calling her Button, and the name stuck.
0: What did they call you when you were little?
1: Shosh or Shoshi. My mother occasionally called me Chicken Bottom. (laughs) I don't
0: know why. (laughs) So there's no explanation even as you're an adult? You never asked her that question?
1: You know, she doesn't even remember why. It was just something that she said one day and then she thought it was funny, so she kept saying it.
0: (laughs) Your, Your Jewish faith plays a role in this story. Has that been an important part of your life?
1: It is, um, absolutely. Um, I am Jewish, and uh, I was raised in a very... actually mixed family though of uh jewish on one side and um half of my family is not jewish and so i got to kind of celebrate the best of both worlds um but as i grew older um the the jewish part of my history uh started to play a higher role and and so i I kind of honored that a little bit in in eve's grandmother uh button who ended up uh she was um a survivor of the Warsaw ghetto and came to to, came to Canada after that. And so has that kind of um, painful history that she's always working through as well.
0: How did you construct the story of the day she died? Where did that come from?
1: (laughs) Well, I actually, I'm one of these people that turns my nightmares into uh, stories Um, And I don't know if it's kind of my own way of doing my own personal therapy on the cheap, but um, I used to have, when I was a kid, I had horrible reoccurring nightmares, uh, quite a few of them. So I've got a bunch that I can tap into for future stories, but um, this one actually, um, part of it was this, um, and I wrote it actually into the story, is this idea of this dream that I had that I was locked into a a chairlift, like a mountain chairlift for a ski hill. And instead of going up a mountain, I was going down into this dark pit of hell. And I knew that something horrible was waiting for me down there. And it was like, I'm going to face the consequences of whatever I'd done, which at six or seven, I probably hadn't done anything terrible. Um, And so... One night, I was, um, instead of sleeping, I was thinking about this dream that I used to have as a child. And and it got me thinking about, um, what if, you know, I came to the end of my life, and that moment of, of truth, and instead of having this boring and mundane life that I've kind of lived personally, um, what if I was just racked with guilt for things that I'd done? What if I'd been... The victim of of unspeakable acts, but also I'd been a perpetrator and um, I'd hidden that fact from everybody from myself especially. what would I do when I had that moment of having to face the truth how would i how would I handle that?
0: And the Eve character how did you develop her
1: um well, I took aspects of myself, of course, because, you know, our characters tend to come from us um, and uh, the creative side, actually, I, I use I honored my mom in that my mom is an artist and um, she's painted in oils my whole life, her whole life, mostly. Um, and uh, even when I was a baby, she had me in one of those baby wraps up against her chest and she would take me outside. Um, we lived in um, the Gatineau in Ontario and uh, there's lots of woods and wilderness and she'd take me wherever and she'd set up her little easel and she'd paint with me strapped and sleeping to her chest. So um, I I honoured my mom with Eve's artistic ability. Um, and that kind of influenced the story in, a, in, a, in terms of the atmosphere is that idea of everything is painted and can be wiped away and can be recreated. Um, and Eve's mind kind of works that way. I'll, you know, I don't like how that worked. And so I'll just brush over that and try again.
0: You said that your life is mundane. American <laughs> Academy of Dramatic Arts and a P.I. gig sounds like anything but...
1: I guess my life hasn't been that mundane. I just haven't done a lot of bad things, <laughs> which is different. Um, yes, I I did study acting at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, um, which was an amazing experience. It's in New York, and um, it was just a fantastic time to be young and. Um, enjoying theater and being able to go to theater productions all over the place and explore that that uh, aspect of life in New York, um, and I came back to Vancouver and eventually I ended up becoming a private investigator and I you know followed people around and uh, researched was that was that was a really um, key aspect to me learning how to properly research and investigate which i've used and actually the acting i think helped me to become um more empathetic more able to put my myself in somebody else's head and somebody else's space and think in a different way than maybe i would Um, and really what those two things did was give me an absolute inability or you know i'm just not um I'm not prepared to do anything else in life, but right. I'm, I'm not really equipped for anything else. So,
0: <laughs> Did you ever get to use your acting chops after your education?
1: I did a little bit of community theater when I first got back. Um, and uh, but no, I think I really do just use that more as the, the ability to develop a character. Because when you're acting, you also have to develop a character. You're given a certain bits of information, but then you have to fill all of that in with personal backstory and all these different things that just make somebody rounded and whole.
0: S.M. Friedman is our guest. The website is smfriedman.com, spelled F-R-E-E-D-M-A-N, smfriedman.com. Her latest is a standalone, The Day She Died. Why, why a PI? What made you do that?
1: I kind of thought it would be fun. I was in my early 20s and I didn't know what else to do um, with my life. I'd um, I'd come back from New York realizing that I didn't have the, the desire to pursue acting as a career, um, partly because I was like, I don't want to go out every day and get rejected. So, of course, then I became a writer because, you know, there's never any rejections involved in writing. Um, <laughs> I think I've probably seen way more rejections than I could have ever expected as an actor. But what can you do? Um, I think you have to have the, the complete and utter passion in order to be able to sustain all of those rejections and all of those negative reviews and all of the days of angst and self doubt. Um, So yeah, I I just thought it sounded like a fun thing to do. And I knew some people actually in the field, which is how I managed to wrangle my way in and get somebody who would offer to train me um, and able to help me get my license to be under supervision, which was how it worked at the time so that I could get my hours of being um, a trained private investigator. Um, and uh, I just thought it was really fun. And it turned out to be a really uh, good career for a young woman, because I nobody ever suspected me of anything, I could get in places, I could uh, sidle right up to people, I had this young, innocent look about me. And the acting actually played a great role in that because I could just kind of pretend to be somebody else. And I got away with So many things that the other private investigators I worked with who were men usually who looked like ex-cops or what have you, um, they couldn't get away with any of that. They were always sending me in. (laughs) So it it was a lot of fun.
0: Are you still doing it?
1: No, I am not. It really is not conducive to an adult life with family and children. Honestly, it's this, the schedule is crazy. You, you think you're going to check on somebody that you're, you know, investigating just to see what they're doing. And then they take off and you have to follow them. And then 12 hours later, you're over in, you know, some other province still following them. So it's, it's not conducive to family life. <laughs> At least it wouldn't be for me.
0: S.M. Friedman is the guest. The book is The Day She Died. What ultimately made you transition to becoming a writer?
1: That's a great question. You know, I remember my 12 year old self so well. And when I was 12, I, so before I was 12, I was a terrible student. I was one of those students that paid absolutely no attention in class. I was very pleasant about it. I was not, you know, I didn't cause trouble. I just sat there quietly at my desk, stared out the window and, you know, was off in my own little world. And so I paid no attention. And uh, Teachers were constantly saying to my parents, you know, she's really lovely and she's really nice, but she just pays absolutely no attention. And every time we talk to her about it, she just smiles at us and says, yes, I'll try harder. And then she does nothing. So that was my my experience of school. It wasn't interesting, so I didn't pay attention. And in grade seven, I actually had this teacher who um, saw me in a different way and said, oh, but it's because she's creative and she, and look at this thing she wrote. And, and he really picked me out and said, you know what, you're, I think you're a writer. You really like to write. You like to create stories. And I did. And he encouraged that. And you know, that whole one good teacher, Um, I had this one good teacher and he just kind of helped me to see myself in a different way and say, maybe I'm not stupid. Maybe I'm not, you know, any of these other negative things that I've been hearing about myself. Maybe I'm just this over here. Instead, I'm a writer, I'm a creative, I'm, you know, and I, I went from there. And so at 12, I, I if you asked me, what did you want to do? What do you want to do when you grow up? I would say, I want to be a writer. And then of course, I went and many different directions but eventually I kind of came back to to writing and it was I was an adult um I was married my son was I think four and I was actually I think I was pregnant with my daughter and um I turned to my husband one day and I said I actually owned a business which was I was thinking about closing down it was a lot of stress and it wasn't going very well and I I said I'd really like to try writing again. I really have, you know, I've been feeling that passion inside of myself. I'd really like to give that a try. And it wasn't something that I'd even ever done, even in the time that he'd known me. And we'd never really even talked about. And he just said, oh, go for it, which was lovely. And um, so I did. And I started down this path of, you know, starting to take courses and, you um, and do different things and just starting to put words on a page and mulling my way along and making every mistake I could make. And um, eventually, I came out of that with a massive manuscript that became The Faithful. Um, And uh, that that came out at 140,000 words, the first draft. I mean, right? I was wordy. Um, it was insane. And so, so many of my darlings ended up having to be killed, but um, it was really um, an eye-opening experience. And um, once I made it through that experience, it was like, oh, yes, this is this is it. This is what I want to do.
0: So how did you get it from 140,000 yeah. words down to something more manageable?
1: A lot of tears, a lot of editing, um, a lot of deciding that, you know, I don't need to have all of these different points of view explaining different aspects of the story. I mean, I had so many points of view that even when I had the editors at Thomas and Mercer come along, they were like, okay, this one, no. And this one, no. You don't need that. you got to find a different way to tell the story. But I actually learned in that that that's the part I love the most about writing is having this first or millionth draft and then rewriting and editing and finding better words or better imagery or, you know, building on something. I really love that part of the writing process. Uh, The first draft, I'm always more anxious. I'm worrying, am I going to make it through? I'm worrying about, you know, I get to the, which I actually, this is exactly where I am with my work in process right now. I'm like, 35,000 words in and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. So, you know, I worry about getting through that mushy middle part of of a manuscript when you're just trying to find your way to the end. And once I'm at the end, it's like, okay, now I get to have fun with it.
0: How did you get a publisher before you had a finished manuscript?
1: I know because I do everything backwards. That's how I, I just tumble backwards into the most important things in my life. I've found, um, and then have to figure out how to do it forwards. Um, so Thomas, I actually self published the faithful and, um, I, at the time there was a, an Amazon program called, um, best Novel Award or something, I can't quite remember what it was. And um, I submitted it, and it hit the quarterfinals. And then I guess Thomas and Mercer found me, which was very strange. I I think at that time, they were looking for um, new people, new authors to bring on board. And I happened to be one of them, which was really amazing. So I actually got a, a, a call from one of the acquisitions editors at Thomas and Mercer and just you know and I actually thought it was spam I I really did not trust this person for quite a while until I started to do my own research and went oh no this is actually a real publisher oh this is actually a real thing they are really making me an offer they're not asking me for money Um, they're offering to give me money and so we went from there Um, which was really exciting. But then I realized down the road, maybe I need an agent because I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to the business side of things. I'm, I'm not, I'm not business minded. And, um, and so I eventually, I got an agent. I, I got an agent through Thriller Fest, actually. I'd been pitching agents for forever and, um, I mean, I think I pitched 70 agents over a course of, and my, my pitches were probably still sitting on many people's desks, not even having been seen or computers. Um, and uh, I went to Thriller Fest and I did Pitch Fest, which is where you get to meet different agents and pitch to them. And I, I did that. And it was such a rush and so scary at the same time. Um, but really fun. And I left there thinking, you know, I think I met my agent today. I'm just not sure which one it is. Um, and after that, I ended up with three different offers of representation, which was like a, a great place to be in because then I had to really, it was quite anxiety inducing but it was also like wow this is a great problem to have which one is the right one for me um and I did all of my you know due diligence and research and at the end of the day I as I do with everything in my life I followed my instinct which is the person that if I think about going with that person as my agent doesn't make me feel nervous and there was one person that which is Kim Leonetti? It didn't make me feel nervous, and so I, okay, she's my she's my person. Yeah,
0: chemistry's everything, isn't it?
1: Chemistry's everything. Yeah.
0: You wrote *The Faithful*, and then a year later, you wrote *Impact Winter*, which is a sequel. What made you decide to write *The Day She Died* as a standalone?
1: I just got the idea for the story um, and I had to write it. It just became something that I just needed to get this story out. And um, and then I went from there and I've written another book, which is actually sitting uh, on publishers' desks right now, my publisher's desk probably, um, called Blood Atonement. And I'm also working on another one, which is the possible... Um, possible first in a series. Um, and I, I I have a third and final installment that I'm working on as well for the the faithful series. And unfortunately is kind of coming slowly because my mind keeps kind of goldfishing off in different directions. Oh, look, there's a new story idea. I need to write that now.
0: It's a squirrel so, that's out there. <laughs>
1: it's a squirrel. I saw a squirrel. I have to go there. <laughs>
0: smfreedman.com is the website, S.M.R.F.R.E.E.D.M.A.N.com, And the book we're talking about is The Day She Died. If you were at Pitchfest right now, Shoshana, what would your elevator speech be about The Day She Died?
1: It's about a woman who has been both a victim and a perpetrator in her life. And she comes to a moment of uh, a horrible accident where um, she's completely injured and brain damaged and has to recover and is then haunted because of the brain damage, haunted by the memories and the, of the things she's done, of the things that were done to her, and trying to piece together what's real and what really happened in her life and trying to face the truth of her life.
0: They say that bullies are actually... Damaged people who are hurting so much that that's how they express the hurt. Is that what's going on with Eve Gold?
1: I think it is to a large extent. She really is a person who has um, been damaged by people that um, were supposed to love her or supposed to nurture and protect her. Um, and uh, her her relationship with her her mother, especially, is is very uh, fraught. She's deeply hurt by that. Um she never really had the motherly nurturing love although she does have a very deep bond with her grandmother. Um but she grew up in a home with her mom her her mother and her grandmother and it was very much uh, uh fraught with tension because the mother and the grandmother didn't get along and neither of them believed um, the mother did not believe in Eve's art career; didn't want to encourage that. The grandmother did, so there's always kind of conflict going on. Um, and uh, because of the way her mom uh, was with her, she she didn't have anyone to go to when other people were hurting her, or when other things happened to her. She didn't have anybody to turn to, and so she found different ways of coping. And for her, that was usually hiding it and turning to her art and ignoring the things that were happening and and changing the story in her own head.
0: So nothing like real life.
1: (laughs) Nothing like real life at all. This
0: This is what we all, we all have the same nightmares, don't we Shoshana, about those things and we know so many people who've lived that and that's partial, I'm guessing that's part of the attraction to the story. What has your publisher been telling you about it? Why did it, why do they like it?
1: You know, they've been so lovely and so excited about it. Um, and uh, it's just been a thrill to work with them. They are really excited to bring this out into the world. And um, I've had really good uh, response from my early readers. And um, I, you know, sent out the book, the early reading copy to... Um, different authors local authors and I've had some wonderful response from some of them too which is making me excited to to actually see it launch out into the world it's always a strange moment because you have this book that you've written um, and it's kind of come out of your own brain and your own heart and soul and and then maybe a few people see it and then maybe a few more, but they're your close confidants or they're your agent or the people that you really trust. And then they're editors. And then it comes out into the world and other people, anybody can see it. And it's like, it's no longer mine and you have to kind of let it go. It's, it's strange to allow, you know, people into what is really just your insides.
0: How did you learn to do that?
1: I don't know that I have yet. <laughs> I really write for myself. So I, I, I'm i very, you know, I just lose myself in whatever story I'm writing. And then eventually I start to think about, usually when I'm writing the edits or the second or fifth or 10 millionth draft, I start to think about you know, how is this going to play from an outsider perspective as best I can? Um, how is that going to, you know, work in terms of sales or in terms of but I don't think about that when I'm writing the story. I'm just passionate about the story, which doesn't always work well for me. And maybe sometimes it really does. I don't know.
0: So how did you find your audience if you're writing for yourself? How'd you connect with the readers?
1: Well, I I I figure that people if I if I find it Deep and touching to myself, then there must be other people out there who will as well. Hopefully, I'm not a complete weirdo out here on my own. Um, And I do feel like as long as I can touch into something that's true and human in a human experience of some kind or another, even in a very strange or far fetched circumstance, if I can tap into the humanity beneath that, then it will touch people, hopefully.
0: Shoshana Friedman is our guest. S.M. Friedman is the name that she writes under her latest. Is the day she died, the faithful and impact winner get great reviews on Amazon? A lot of five stars. Do you read those reviews?
1: I used to read them like every morning. I'd get up and I'd check to see if I had new reviews, Um, and eventually, and then I realized at some point down the road there's a whole bunch of different reviews on Audible that I'd never paid attention to. (laughs) And then I got overwhelmed by them and I started to realize, you know, I I do read them and some of them are actually really valuable um, because they give you an idea of where you may have gone wrong. Um, or where, you know, you could use some improvement in your storytelling. Um, so I actually find those really helpful and the positive ones, I just find very gratifying to my own anxiety and my own, you know, moments of wondering if I have any talent or skill whatsoever.
0: The unworthiness, gene that nobody but you has.
1: Right, exactly. I know I'm the only person who feels that way, so others may not understand that, but...
0: (laughs) Which sells better for you, the the paperback books, the digital books, or the audio books?
1: The digital books, I believe probably sell the best although that might be because the publisher is thomas and mercer and so that's um you know an imprint of Amazon, and um so that's where their focus goes i'm really not sure what to expect with uh the day she died because it's a uh a more traditional press um and uh i don't know how that will work
0: did you pick your narrator for the audiobook
1: I got to choose. Yeah, the narration is being done by Tantor Media. And um, I got to choose between three different people. They sent me, who do you like the best? Actually sent my agent, who do you like the best? And then she sent it to me with her opinions. And uh, I agreed with her opinions, which is great. We tend to agree on many things, which is lovely. Um, and it helps when she doesn't like something I've done, it helps me listen to her better. Uh, cause I know she knows what she's talking about. And, um, but I, so I did get to pick the person who's going to narrate, but I actually haven't heard the narration yet, which is why hearing you say, read the first part of my book is the first time I've heard
0: anybody else read it. So <laughs> what makes a good narrator?
1: I have no idea. I don't understand the, you know, you'd think maybe I would because I do have a history, a background in acting. Um, But narration is a completely different animal in my brain that I cannot wrap my head around. Um, my, My son is deeply in love with audiobooks. Um, and so we have an audible membership so that he can listen to as many audiobooks as he wants and, um, not hopefully break the bank. But, um, I love to look at a page. I love to be able to read something off a page or, or my Kindle. I go back and forth. And as I get older, I find it's my Kindle more often because I can make the print bigger. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I have no idea.
0: It's fascinating, isn't it, that you can have so much invested in an acting career and then something that most of us think is just another dimension of that career is completely different.
1: It's completely different, at least in my mind. I, I wouldn't even begin to imagine trying to narrate something myself. I don't think I would do a good job of it at all, even though my background is in acting. Nope.
0: S.M. Friedman is our guest. Her latest is The Day She Died. I've read it. It's fantastic. How do you think it's going to sell?
1: I have no idea. (laughs) I think the sales aspect of publishing is something that I am just, it's beyond my brain. I, um, you know, I I don't know. I, I see so, I read so many wonderful books that, I think this writer is fantastic and oh, it didn't sell all that great, you know, or, and then there's others, you know, that you're like, oh, wow, I'm, you know, I'm surprised that it, that garnered as much love and attention as it did. Um, So sales are just, I have no idea.
0: How do you promote your books?
1: I, I do try and be active on social media. Um sometimes with greater success, sometimes with less success. I'm just starting to get my act together on Twitter again, because apparently that's something I should be doing. Um, But Twitter, I find um, a little stressful. It's so quick. Everything is happening so quickly. And if you you know, if you turn it off, it feels like if you turn it off for several hours and come back, there's just so much that's happened. And how do you and then do you catch up? And it feels like a rabbit hole I could just fall into. So um, I do uh, also write a uh, newsletter, which is often neglected. Um, But I'm doing my best to kind of do that once a month now and hopefully have some kind of information or content that's of interest to people. Um, And I have a sorely neglected blog as well.
0: Are you on Facebook?
1: I am on Facebook. I love Facebook. My son tells me that's because I'm old. I don't know.
0: What is it about Facebook Facebook. that you like?
1: You know, I like being able to connect with my, my friends, my family, especially right now with COVID. You know, we're not leaving our home very much. I'm really not leaving my home very much. Um, I used to not leave my home very much and now I'm really not. (laughs) So it's really lovely to be able to connect with people and um, I'm more and more connecting with writers in, in the community, in the broader community Um, through Facebook, through Sisters in Crime, through uh, Crime Writers of Canada, all of these great organizations where it doesn't even matter that you don't live in the same place as them anymore. You can still connect. You can still um, chat with them. You can still know how they're doing and and they can talk to you about how, or you can tell them how you're doing. You can see their dogs. I mean, it's fantastic.
0: The Day She Died takes place in Vancouver, where you live, is it easier to write when you know the stage?
1: You know it is. I. Um, it's funny because the faithful uh, I really set in the United States and uh, it all over the United States. And so I did a lot of research for that in terms of the locations as well as many other aspects. With the day she died, I brought it home, and I loved the. Um, for this particular story, the haunting quality that Vancouver has of, of rain and fog and, you know, everything is gray for so much of the year and dripping and, and that, um, the atmosphere and the, the setting of the book actually kind of became like another character to me. Um, and, uh, I live on the Fraser River and so where I set the book is kind of a fictionalized version of where I live uh, I called it Fraser's arm and it's just kind of like a little fictionalized but very similar to where I live and um, I'm you know I can look out my window right now and I'm looking at the Fraser River I'm literally right on the river and I'm looking outside and I'm seeing a log boom out on the river and and so that's that's where I said it. And um, sometimes when I in when I was getting stuck with writing, I'd go out for a walk on the trails that are along the river, there's long walking trails that go from uh, kilometers or miles, whichever you prefer. Um, And I'd go walking along the river and, and the smell of the resin baking on the wood of those train tracks, or those kind of things just really influenced me to kind of keep my head in the setting of the story and, and tap back into Eve when I felt lost.
0: What research did you do to zero in on your protagonist in the day she died?
1: Um, I did some research on, um, end of life stuff. Um, things that happen to people when they die or when they, um, have a near death experience. I did quite a bit of research on near death experiences. Um, to, to kind of tap into what Eve might have gone through um, and what might have happened to her. And, you know, did she catch a glimpse of something um, on the other side of her life um, when she met that um, almost end? And um, so that was really the research I did for the day she died. It was actually a the day she died is the book so far that I've written that has required the least amount of research and the most amount of my own just Imagination, which was kind of fun.
0: Shoshana Friedman is our special guest today. The book we're talking about is The Day She Died. It is her third publication. She has a series of two more The Faithful and Impact Winter. Will there be a third in that series?
1: Yes, I get that question a lot. And um, people, I think readers, are kind of frustrated with me about how slowly that one is coming along. I do kind of keep finding different stories I need to tell and setting that one aside. The third and final installment is in the works, um, but very slowly. And I'm deeply sorry about that.
0: What has writing taught you about yourself?
1: It's taught me a lot about perseverance, about um, recognizing that you're going to have, I was going to say 10, but I'm going to bump it to, 50 no's for every yes and that you have to keep getting up and going on um that when you get a critique that you don't like that's one that you need to set aside and sit with for a while because it usually has a value that you um might really learn from Um, I've learned to have a bit of a thicker skin too, I think in terms of, you know, letting some of those wash off my back and just say, okay, well, that's your opinion. And thank you for sharing it. Um, and I've learned that, uh, it's really a lovely way to, to touch people, um, without even living, leaving my home, (laughs) which is great.
0: You talked about that. 12 year old that decided she wanted to be a writer. The last yeah. question I ask every one of our guests is this, if you could go back to talk and talk to her now with the experience you've had in life, what would you say to that young lady?
1: Oh goodness. Well, I tell her a bunch of things personally that she shouldn't do. <laughs> um, <laughs> For what little she would listen to me.
0: That's a common answer, answer, by the way. Everybody says, don't do this, don't do that.
1: (laughs) I have a whole list of things I'm going to tell you. Step away from that moment in your life. Um, But, uh, you know, I actually, I feel like in my life right now, I'm turning that around and and influencing others, hopefully. Um, My kids' schooling group, we've started a, a writing class and I'm leading this this online, because a, a lot of our schooling is online right now, I'm leading this online writing uh, story building class um, with a group of kids that um, go to the same schooling program as my, as my kids do. And it's been an amazing way to help them, to encourage them, to guide them. And I see so much raw talent and amazing creativity in these young minds. And they, you know, I'm hoping that by working with them, giving them some of the knowledge that I've learned along the way, but also just giving them massive amounts of love and encouragement that they will come through their childhood and into their adulthood with that creativity and that passion intact and be able to take that forward in their lives.
0: There's no better legacy. Give us the link so people can find you easily on social media.
1: Okay. So, uh, my website, I think you've already said a couple of times. Um, so the hashtag is day. She died. And then, um, my Twitter is S M Friedman and, uh, Facebook is S M Friedman author and Instagram is also S M Friedman author.
0: Instagram. We didn't talk about that. Is that a helpful place for you to engage?
1: Um, It really hasn't been. I love Instagram just because I love being able to share images and see images from other uh, people that I follow. But honestly, I'm just in a bit of a hodgepodge there um, of personal versus uh, author life.
0: The Day She Died is the latest book written by our guest Shoshana Friedman. Her other two books are The Faithful and Impact Winter, they are available wherever awesome books are sold. And of course, on amazon.com. The website, which is a great place to get to know her well, is smfredman.com. Shoshana, a real treat. Thanks for being on the show with us today.
1: Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure.
0: Authors on the Air can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. We invite you to explore the many other podcasts that focus on the craft aggregated at the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Our theme music was written by Pablo Butorin. I'm Terry Shepard, and I'll see you in the next chapter.